Chapter Fifteen of Comic History of England, recorded in honour of Jim Mowat's completion of his university degree. This is a LibriVox recording. All the LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to find out how to volunteer, please contact LibriVox.org. Chapter Fifteen of Comic History of England by Bill Nye. More sanguinary triumphs. Onward march of civilization, graphically delineated, with the historian's usual completeness. The Plantagenet period saw the establishment of the House of Commons, and cut off the power of the king to levy taxes without the consent of Parliament. It also exchanged the judicial rough-and-tumble on horseback for the trial by jury. Serfdom continued, and a good horse would bring more in market than a man. Agriculture was still in its infancy, and the farmer refused to adopt a new and attractive plough, because it did not permit the ploughman to walk near enough to his team, that he might twist the tail of the patient bullock. The costumes of the period seem odd, as we look back upon them, for the men wore pointed shoes, with toes tied to the girdle, and trousers and coat, each of different colours. For instance, sometimes one sleeve was black and the other white, while the ladies wore tall hats, sometimes two feet high, and long trains. They also carried two swords in the girdle, doubtless to protect them from the nobility. Each house of any size had a pleasance, and the herbery, or physic garden, which was the pioneer of the pie-plant bed, was connected with the monasteries. Roger Bacon was thrown into prison for having too good an education. Scientists in those days always ran the risk of being surprised, and more than one discoverer wound up by discovering himself in jail. Astrology was a favourite amusement, especially among the young people. Henry the Fourth, son of John of Gaunt, fourth son of Edward the Third, became king in 1399, though Edmund Mortimer, Earl of March, and great-grandson of Lionel, the third son of Edward the Third, was the rightful heir. This boy was detained in Windsor Castle by Henry's orders. Henry succeeded in catching a heretic in 1401 and burned him at the stake. This was the first person put to death in England for his religious belief, and the occasion was the origin of the epitaph, Well done, good and faithful servant. Conspiracies were quite common in those days, one of them being organised by Harry Percy, called Hotspur because of his irritability. The Ballad of Chevy Chase was founded upon his exploits at the Battle of Otterburn in 1388. The Percys favoured Mortimer, and so united with the Welsh and Scots. A large fight occurred at Shrewsbury in 1403. The rebels were defeated and Percy slain. Northumberland was pardoned, and tried it again, assisted by the Archbishop of York, two years later. The Archbishop was executed in 1405. Northumberland made another effort, but was defeated and slain. In 1413 Henry died, 
leaving behind him the record of a fraudulent sovereign, who was parsimonious, sour, and superstitious without virtue or religion. He was succeeded by his successor, which was customary at that time. Henry the Fourth was his son, a youth who was wild and reckless. He had been in jail for insulting the Chief Justice as a result of a drunken frolic, and fined. He was real wild and bad, and had no respect for his ancestry than a chicken born in an incubator. Yet he reformed on taking the throne. <laughs> Henry now went over to France with a view to securing the throne, but did not get it, as it was occupied at the time. So... <laughs> So he returned, but at Agincourt was surprised by the French army, four times as large as his own, and with a loss of forty only, he slew ten thousand of the French and captured fourteen thousand. What the French were doing while this slaughter was going on, the modern historian has great difficulty in figuring out. This battle occurred in 1415, and two years after Henry returned to France, hoping to do equally well. He made a treaty at Troy with the celebrated idiot Charles the Sixth, and promised to marry his daughter Catherine, who was to succeed Charles upon his death, and try to do better. Henry became regent of France by this ruse, but died in 1422, and left his son Henry less than a year old. The king's death was a sad blow to England, for he was an improvement on the general run of kings. Henry V left a brother, the Duke of Bedford, who became protector and regent of France. But when Charles the imbecile died, his son, Charles VII, rose to the occasion, and a war of some years began. After some time, Bedford invaded southern France and besieged Orléans. Joan of Arc had been told of a prophecy to the effect that France could only be delivered from the English by a virgin, and so she, though only a peasant girl, yet full of a strange, eager heroism, which was almost inspiration, applied to the king for a commission. Inspired by her perfect faith and godlike heroism, the French fought like tigers, and in 1429 the besiegers went home. She induced the king to be crowned in due form at Reims, and asked for an honourable discharge. But she was detained and the English, who afterwards captured her, burned her to death at Rouen in 1431, on the charge of sorcery. Those who did this afterwards regretted it and felt mortified. Her death did the invaders no good, but above her ashes and moistened by her tears, if such a feat were possible, liberty arose once more, and in 1437 Charles was permitted to enter Paris and enjoy the town for the first time, in twenty years. In 1444 a truce of six years was established. Henry was a disappointment, and as Bedford was dead, the Duke of Gloucester, the king's uncle, and Cardinal Beaufort, his guardian, had, up to his majority, been the powers behind the throne. Henry married Margaret of Anjou, a very beautiful and able lady, who possessed the qualities so lacking in the king. They were married in 1445, and, if living, 
this would be the four hundred and fifty-first anniversary of their wedding. It is, anyway. Brackets, 1896. Close brackets. The provinces of Maine and Anjou were given by the king in return for Margaret. Henry continued to show more and more signs of fatty degeneration of the cerebrator, and Gloucester, who had opposed the marriage, was found dead in his prison bed, whither he had been sent at Margaret's request. The Duke of York, the Queen's favourite, succeeded him, and Somerset, another favourite, succeeded York. In 1451 it was found that the English had lost all their French possessions except Calais. Things went from bad to worse, and in 1450 Jack Cade headed an outbreak, but he was slain, and the king showing renewed signs of intellectual fag, Richard, Duke of York, was talked of as the people's choice on account of his descent from Edward III. He was for a few days protector, but the queen was too strongly opposed to him, and he resigned. He then raised an army, and in a battle at St. Albans in 1455 defeated the royalists, capturing the king. This was the opening of the War of the Roses, so called because as badges the Lancastrians wore a red rose and the Yorkists a white rose. This war lasted over thirty years and killed off the nobility like sheep. They were, it is said, virtually annihilated, and thus a better class of nobility was substituted. The king was restored, but in 1460 there occurred the Battle of Northampton, in which he was defeated, and again taken prisoner by the Earl of Warwick. Margaret was a woman of great spirit, and when the Duke of York was given the throne she went to Scotland, and in the Battle of Wakefield her army defeated and captured the Duke. At her request he was beheaded, and his head, ornamented with a paper crown, placed on the gates of York, as shown in the rather lifelike, or death-like, etching on the preceding page. The Queen was for a time successful, and her army earned a slight reputation for cruelty also, but Edward, son of the late Duke of York, embittered somewhat by the flippant death of his father, was soon victorious over the Lancastrians, and in 1461 was crowned King of England at a good salary, with the use of a large palace, and a good well of water and barn. End of chapter 15